3: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Volume.
0: No! Oh my God, how could he do that? Are I don't you on? Donate want to- What? charles darwin the nerds is where it's at
4: welcome everybody back into nerd sesh as always i'm carson Brever, and alongside me is logan camden and today we are on to the final two divisions in our nfl season preview starting with the nfc east which of course is home to the reigning nfc champion Philadelphia Eagles, a division that did not feature a team with a losing record last year, Logan, so certainly a lot to live up to from last year. Who do you have atop this division? Atop this division, I have the
5: Dallas Cowboys, actually.
4: Whoa!
5: I wasn't expecting to go this direction either, but I don't really have a whole lot of concerns about the Cowboys in the regular season, Carson. In fact, I like a lot about the Dallas Cowboys in the regular season. I think you've got a top 10 quarterback in Dak Prescott, who at his best is mistake-free, is a great game manager, one of the best game managers in all of football. I think you have really good weapons uh, around Dak with Brandon Cooks, uh, with the addition of him, with Michael Gallup, with C.D. Lamb, of course, at the top, with my man Tony Pollard. And I think Deuce Vaughn is going to eat a little bit this year too. I think you've got a really solid line that you know, has been rebuilding over the past few seasons, but you've still got rocks. Tyler Smith, I think, is a super underrated left guard. One of the best guards in all of football. Uh, it, you know, it's not the the boys that we know from the past decade, but this is still a really solid foundational line that, like I said, improved a lot last season, and I think uh, is scaled to improve again next season. I uh, think this is a really solid defense with a Defensive Player of the Year candidate in Micah Parsons. Uh, you've got a great secondary with Gilmore, with Diggs, with Kurse. I do not like the linebacking core that's the one aspect i think of this team that i'm a little shaky on carson uh the depth specifically the linebacking core but what i'm getting at here is the cowboys are really really talented they were top five on offense and defense last season Uh, i like their coaching staff the only real big difference is that mike mccarthy is going to be calling plays this year uh I i think I think they're gonna be about the same like I think people kind of overrate how good Kellen Moore was last season specifically Kellen Moore was one of the best young offensive coordinators in football and I think he still is but last season struggled um and I think that was kind of overrated I think it was a big aspect of why Dak Prescott threw so many interceptions last season so I think we're gonna see maybe not tangible improvement with McCarthy calling plays but at least somewhere around the same area and again I don't want to overblow what we saw in a preseason game with a drive from Will Greer, but I mean, hey man, if Dak Prescott can call plays from the sideline, like I think that bodes well for at least Dak knowing the playbook, knowing what they should call in certain scenarios against certain coverage. like, I trust Dak at least to make calls on the fly a little more. So, Carson, honestly, I have no questions about the Cowboys being great during the regular season. I think Dallas is a lock to have double-digit wins again this year. Mm-hmm. my only concern about is them in the playoffs and they have repeatedly burnt me i've got a list of teams carson you know the philadelphia 76ers burn me every year in basketball i'll throw the dallas cowboys right in there with the team that burns me every year in football and so that's where the concerns come down with me at dallas is what are they going to do in the playoffs this is a great regular season team they've got a lot of talent i love their roster and they have again They've been successful in the regular season year after year. It is about getting over that divisional round hump. This is a stat that I love to regurgitate every time we bring up the old boys. Dak Prescott has the most divisional round losses without a victory. He's 0-3. He shares that record with Tony Romo. The divisional round has been the Achilles heel of the Dallas Cowboys for the last 15 years. So I'm going to bank on the Cowboys being great again in the regular season. Will I take them to make a deep playoff run I just can't predict that yet because the boys get me every year that I buy in. So uh, I have the Cowboys winning one more game than the Eagles. I just think the Eagles lost a lot last season, Carson, and it's going to be hard to be as dominant as they were last year. I still love their roster, uh, but I think with a tough schedule, uh, with having losing a lot of pieces, I just think it's going to be hard for Philly to be as dominant as they were last year. Uh, So I have the Cowboys right now uh, at 11
4: wins. Oh my god, so you are way lower on Philly than I expected, because that's really what I was reacting to. We have the same expectations for Dallas. I have them winning 11 games. I considered having them winning 12 games. I think that they are as safe of a regular season bet and as complete of a football team as we have in the NFL right now, or at least they are in that top tier. They won 12 games last year, despite that being Dak's worst season in years, where he was very turnover-prone, and where he missed five games. They won four of those games with Cooper Rush, but their offense was more limited, not as productive. Their defense was just that damn good. So I think this is an impressively balanced offense. They were top 10 in both passing and rushing last year. I think that rushing attack is actually going to be more efficient now with more Tony Pollard, less Zeke. I think that Pollard is very clearly a top 10 back in the NFL. And I think that Dak is a top 10 quarterback to me. We did our rankings for this. He came in at exactly number 10. I understand that last year was a down year, and I think at times he was overly aggressive, pushing the ball downfield, and that led to too many mistakes. But his pace over the previous three seasons was 51.50 yards, 35 touchdowns to 11 and a half interceptions. The offense was dominant when he played last year; they averaged 30 points per game, and the year before that, they had been the number one scoring offense in football. So I think Dak is very good. But I think he's also got a great running game to lean on. And I think the weapons are pretty darn good. Maybe they take a slight step back this year. You replace Noah Brown with Brandon Cooks in the receiving core. To me, that's probably a slight upgrade. And I think that Jalen Tolbert is going to be a really solid number 4 receiver. He's a talented young guy. To me, the downgrade is going to be going from Dalton Schultz, who really had established himself as a top 10 tight end, a very reliable possession target, to jake ferguson or shoemaker who they took at tight end i don't see either of those guys reaching that level of productivity and i do think it'll be a bit of an adjustment going away from kellen Moore. but overall i think this line is going to be better than last year with tyron smith coming back top 10 quarterback good weapons on the ground and through the air i just think this is going to be a pretty elite offense like it has been for the last two seasons when dak is healthy and then defensively It's damn good as well. The foundation is an elite pass rush. They led the league in pressure rate last year. Obviously, Micah Parsons is one of the absolute best. Him and Demarcus Lawrence is an elite duo. Dorrance Armstrong had a really strong pass rushing season last year. I like the pickup of Stephon Gilmore in the secondary a lot. This is the rare unit that has demonstrated in back-to-back years an ability to really force turnovers at a high level. They've led the league. Oftentimes, you look at that as something that can be a bit of an outlier and a sign of regression, but I think with the pass rush and with the ball-hawking potential in this secondary, they are just really, really good at forcing turnovers, and they were great situationally last year. Top 10 in third-down percentage and red zone percentage defensively. So, I look at this. They've won 12 games in back-to-back years. I don't see reason for regression here. I probably like their roster maybe even a little bit more. It's a tough schedule, though, with a strong division, having to play the AFC East, having to play the NFC West, which I don't think is great, but there are two really strong teams in that division. So I feel good about 11 games, but I think that this is probably going to be a top 10 team on both sides of the ball or very close to it. And there's not that many in the NFL that can say that. So I think they are a team that has an outside shot at the Super Bowl. It's going to be a question of coaching and of if Dak can hold up that level of play for three or four consecutive games. Those are real questions, but I agree with you. Regular season, they should be really good. I don't think they're going to be better than the Eagles though. So Explain to me your concerns with Philly and why you have them regressing so much.
5: There's just a lot of turnover and then it's a lot of like what you said about Dallas with the division and who they play too. I think this is a division that's so tough that they're going to beat up on each other. Like I can see the Giants or the Commanders stealing a game. So it's a tough division. It's a tough schedule. And I, and I want to be clear, too. I have the Eagles winning 11 okay. games, too. Whoever wins that tiebreaker, I gave the tiebreaker to the boys. I have them with the exact same record. So maybe the Eagles do come out on top. Uh, right now, I gave the tiebreaker to Dallas. It's just so hard to repeat, and then there's a lot of turnover. Now, that being said, I think that they, uh, they replenished their forces really well yeah. in this offseason. Carson, we're going to do a quick trivia time question here, Carson. How many teams have returned to the Super Bowl after losing in the season previous?
4: Okay, let's think. You uh, do not have the Seahawks. They won their first and then they lost. I'm just thinking about teams that have been back-to-back years. Mm -hmm. Have the Pats done this? The
5: Pats did it in 2018, Carson. They're the most recent team to do it. Since before then, you have to go back to your bills from 1991 to 93. So... In the history, since the merger in the Super Bowl era, only eight teams have returned to the Super Bowl since losing in the season previous. The 71 Cowboys, the 72 Dolphins, the 73 Vikings, the 87 Broncos, the 91 and 93 Bills, and the 2018 Patriots. Only three of those teams have won. The 71 Boys, the 72 Dolphins, and the 2018 Patriots. So everybody, to state the obvious, it's really hard to repeat after going to the Super Bowl, right? And we've seen some catastrophic failures Over the past ten seasons, when you look at teams going from appearing in a Super Bowl to attempting to go back, six and ten, the twenty sixteen Panthers, that's what they go. The 2019 Rams go nine and seven. The 2020 49ers go six and ten. Like, it's just hard, man. And a lot of teams have let us down. I don't expect it to be an absolute disaster, but again, when you reach these high heights, when the Eagles, when the 49ers go to the Super Bowl, right? There's going to be a lot of guys who are offered jobs. They lose D.C., Jonathan Gannon. They lose Javon Hargrave, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps, uh, both of their starting linebackers, T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White, Isaac Sumalo and Miles Sanders. But I don't know, Carson. I don't know if there's been a team that has been as dominant in the year previous that has killed an offseason and has yeah. been so readily prepared for for this turnover. I mean, this defense, I still think, is going to be great. You have Nicobe Dean stepping into the middle. Uh, they drive Jordan Davis last year. They get Jalen Carter this year, which is going to be, I mean, damn, man, maybe the best interior D-line duo in football uh, in a couple years. Like, I, maybe this year. Like, I, I believe in both of those guys. Uh, you lose Miles Sanders, who I don't absolutely love. You get in two backs, who I think I like more, in DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. You bring in Terrell Edmonds, I'm going to spoil it for you Philly fans. I love Terrell, he's a good tackler. Oh man, he's going to get burnt probably five or six times this year. You're going to want to throw a remote through your television. The bottom line is, I think the Eagles are going to be great. And they, like I said, dude, I don't know if I've ever seen a team that has gone to a Super Bowl that has been this dominant in one season, lose this much talent and replenish it as well as Philly did it's really nothing against Philly. I believe in Jalen Hurts. I believe in the weapons here. I believe in the trench dogs that they have up front to establish this running game. I think the Eagles are going to dominate the trenches and I think they are built to dominate in the playoffs again if they can stay healthy. So, the record is not uh, the record is not symbolic of, you know, the team, the talent. It's simply a byproduct of the division that they play in, of the schedule that they're going to face, and it's just hard when in 14 and 13 games, man. I so I just expect, I expect the record to, to drop off a little more. But I still think the Eagles could win this division. I think the Cowboys and them are similar in a talent level. So I have both of them winning 11 games. But damn, man, I, I, Carson, I mean, this is a team that is built for the next 5 to 10 years, like, uh, with with the young talent they have on this roster, at least. I mean, I expect the Eagles to be fighting for the NFC Championship for the next five seasons concretely, man. I think this team is loaded for the future.
4: Yeah, as good as the Cowboys are, I think this Eagles team is one of the most talented that we have ever seen. I thought that was the case last year. I don't know if we have seen many teams at all who are that loaded at every single position group, it felt like. And I love what they did to replenish their losses. We start offensively. I think they have every reason to be elite again. They were the number three scoring offense last season, but... Here's another reason why it feels to me like regression to 11 and 6 is a bit much, and that's still a very good football team. I just think nobody is better prepared to replicate their success than the Eagles because they were better than their 14 and 3 record last year. They were 14 and 1 when Jalen Hurts actually played. They were a dominant passing offense, fourth in yards per attempt, and a dominant rushing attack going for over 2,500 yards and 32 touchdowns there. They're incredible situationally, top four in third down, fourth down, and red zone percentage. I think you can give a lot of the credit there to Hertz's dominance on the ground and the best offensive line in football. So when I see a top five quarterback one of the best receiving duos in the league, point blank, elite receiving weapons, the best line in football, and I agree with you. I think that although I like Miles Sanders a lot, DeAndre Swift is an upgrade as a receiving back, and Rashad Penny, if healthy might be one of the handful of best runners in the NFL period. His production is ridiculous. The dude just walks into six yards of carry. Now, I don't know if he can stay healthy, but behind this line, he could be dominant. Certainly at a level that Sanders, to me, wasn't capable of. Then defensively, I think obviously losing Hargrave hurts, but Jalen Carter is probably one of the most immediately impactful rookies that you could add to a football team they add nolan smith for even more pass rushing prowess off the edge and i just think this line this defensive front and pass rush is sickeningly loaded you have those two rookies fletcher cox brandon graham josh sweat jordan davis hassan reddick coming down as an outside linebacker it's one of the best pass rushes ever i think it is actually the best of our lifetime they just had 70 sacks man the third most ever And they arguably got more talented this year even with the loss of Hargrave. They have an elite corner tandem with Slay and Bradbury. I like the injection of talent you get from Keeley Ringo in the draft too. This was the number one pass defense last year by total yards and yards per attempt when you blend that sort of historically great pass rush with great corner play. So... I don't like the fact that they lost TJ Edwards. I don't think their linebacker unit is particularly good. And I'm a little bit worried about them losing both starting safeties. But I think it is difficult to overstate how dominant this front is, how much better it is than all of the other great fronts and great pass rushes in the league today, and how that is just clearly the most important thing as a foundation to a great defense, in my opinion. And then with that corner tandem, I absolutely think they'll be elite defensively again. So I think the offense can only be better. I think they've retained every important piece, considering that I really like what they've done with the running back room. And now Hertz is hopefully not gonna miss a couple games. And then defensively, I think they just did a great job of filling all the holes that they had come up. So I have them going 14 and three wow wow okay yeah i mean i look at any matchup it's a tough schedule to me the Mm -hmm. eagles are the favorite against anybody if you were to put them on a neutral field i just think they're the most talented team in football period clearly is this the best defense in football this next season i think it's certainly on the con in the conversation but i don't think there's a team that is going to blend elite defense with elite offense Like Philly, Because I think that their offense is probably even better than their defense. I think they'll be top five on both sides of the ball.
5: And that's why I say, too, I I think that I have them winning 11 games. I still think this is a team that is built exceptionally well for the playoffs. Uh, Again, if they stay healthy, it's hard. It's hard getting back. I read out the teams that have been to back-to-back Super Bowls. It is extremely hard to get to one Super Bowl. Obviously, it's even harder to go back-to-back. I may take the Eagles again out of the NFC, man. Like I said, with the Dallas' track record, even though I have them coming out with the same record, I really do think Philly uh, still might be my favorite out of the NFC. The safeties is my only concern, Carson. That is my only real major Mm -hmm. red flag, just because I don't love Terrell in coverage. And that's my only red flag about this team. But I think they definitely have a case as potentially the league's best defense next season. Maybe... I like Pittsburgh a lot too I don't know if Pittsburgh is we're not nearly as talented as Philly we have playmakers I think I would probably say Philly's probably gonna be my number one defense there's a lot of good that's what's tough man about this division too dude is I think you're looking at every one of these defenses out of these four teams too is like top half of the league that's what also makes this tough uh, mm-hmm. right now again we're, we're gonna be doing standings official standings we're gonna do award picks and we're gonna do playoff picks on our next episode on Monday Tentatively right now, though, I'd probably say I think I have Philly as my NFC favorite.
4: They are incredibly dominant, and to blend a roster that is this elite on both sides of the ball with flat-out top-five quarterback play, I think that there is no question about that. Obviously, Hurts is one of the most dominant rushing threats that we've ever seen, but his efficiency as a passer, his ability to also create dynamic plays without making mistakes. I mean, the dude is really exceptionally good, and the Super Bowl was the epitome of that. So, I could not pick anybody else above them right now in the NFC. I think they are that good. So, also, I'm not worried about them losing their coordinators. Jonathan Gannon, he can okay. go be a freak in Arizona if he wants.
5: <laughs> oh man, I Talking can't wait to get took into the that.
4: Bus to work this morning, buddy. Most of your players Bro. are are millionaires, <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk about the Cardinals in a bit. So, who do you have third here?
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
1: Going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast.
2: And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of. $300,000. Anyone can
1: win. Relationships matter. And only one all-star will
2: claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Third, I have the New York Giants and... I'm sorry, Donnie. Friend of the show, Michael Donahue. I love you, brother. I'm just not buying into Daniel Jones. I'm sorry, man. I... This has been probably my uh, most heavily criticized take over the offseason. I got absolutely flambayed uh, by the nerd sesh <laughs> faithful in the Discord. Uh, I was flambayed uh, by the BDGE boys. I was flambayed on uh, TikTok. You guys can check us out there. Check out the link in our bio on TikTok at sesh. if you want to join the Discord. If you want to check out some more of our content, uh, talk some ball with us there. I got into a heated discussion a couple weeks back uh, about Daniel Jones and where he ranks because on our podcast, uh, Trivia Time with BDGE, I said that Daniel Jones was probably a bottom five quarterback in all of football. I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. I don't think he's bottom five. I think he's bottom 10, but I'm just not a Daniel Jones guy. He has the sixth most turnover since 2019, the second most fumbles since 2019, and the most fumbles lost total since 2019. And I know people want to... Praise what he did last season how he was able to protect the football right he only has six interceptions he's really good at managing the game that's my fundamental issue with Daniel Jones I just think at his best you're looking at a guy who is an offensive limiter a guy that cannot propel you to great offensive heights in the playoffs when you need a big play when you need a big drive when you need something extra on top instead of just managing it right that's my fundamental issue with Daniel Jones is I just don't think he's really exceptional at anything yeah he's a decent dual threat but he's turnover prone I think he's fundamentally oblivious in the pocket and I think Brian Dable just cleaned him up to make him average and to simplify the offense I to me it's like I just think Daniel Jones success last season is more of a testament to Brian Dable and how he can simplify an offense than it is to Daniel Jones so I get there's more there's way more wide receiver talent in the room. I think that is a big overhaul, and I hope that helps Danny dimes. I just don't think he's a game changer, man, and I think that's what limits New York for me. Like if Saquon isn't out there, is this offense really gonna be above average? Because I think this defense can be great, Carson. All of this, I have the Giants going seven and ten. I think they're gonna be kind of an average team. I really like the defensive unit. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is gonna take a massive leap. He was great over the back half of the season. Uh, that's where I really see big strides for the New York Giants defense. I mean, the Giants defense was great down the stretch last year. So I think you're looking at a unit that could be top 10, fringe top 10 there. I just think you're looking at an average Giants offensive unit if Saquon Barkley doesn't play. And again, I just think Daniel Jones is such a limiter. He's not a great guy at pushing the ball downfield. He's not super dynamic. Uh, I just think Danny Dimes is kind of a bum. Like, I don't know, man. I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. That's that's really what limits the Giants from being great for me, dude. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess if Brian Dable can take him up another notch, awesome. I will buy into the New York Giants. I will buy all the Giants stock I can. I just don't see another level that Daniel Jones can reach as a quarterback. I think if you're looking at 20 TDs, 12 turnovers, 4,000 total yards of offense, I think that's kind of the max that you're getting out of Daniel Jones. I don't think that's a team that's going to make noise in the playoffs. And I certainly don't think that's a team that's going to be great in the regular season. So I just don't anticipate Daniel Jones getting a lot better. And I think that's what needs to happen for the Giants to crack the code and to be great. So that's why I have the Giants going 7-10, and 10, man. It is a fundamental disbelief in Daniel Jones, man. I just do not buy into him as a
4: above-average starting quarterback. So, I think that Danny Dimes is very divisive, and I think that people are a bit extreme on both sides of the issue. There are the people who put him in the top 10 conversations, which I think is overrating a couple of really good performances that he's had, and frankly is probably just a product of him being the quarterback of the Giants and them having such a massive impact. And obviously they made the playoffs and he played very well in the wildcard game against the Vikings. Very, very well. At the same time, I think that if you are putting him in the bottom five conversation, you are absolutely insane. That to me is totally unjustifiable. And I think he is in the range of average to me some of the stats that you threw out there about the turnover totals are a bit unfair because i think that we saw a legitimate shift in him this year i thought that he did a much better job of taking care of the football which historically had been a massive problem he had the lowest interception percentage in football last year that is a complete 180 from what he had been previously but i do think with dable there with his development with now significantly improved weapons, something closer to that is sustainable. And I also think you're underselling how dynamic of a rushing threat he is. This is a guy who went for over 700 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground and shredded the Vikings in a playoff game. And while I agree with you, he is largely a game manager. I don't view him as the most dynamic creator in terms of with his arm, but I thought down the home stretch of last season, in both games against Minnesota in those last few weeks, he did push the ball down the field. He was confident. He was making big time throws. So I'm not super high on Danny Dimes, but I think he's solid. And I think that if you have a guy who is a game manager, but who limits mistakes and then is also very athletic, that's a pretty solid formula when you're a talented football all around. I also do think we have to talk about the fact that his receiving weapons have pretty much sucked since he got into the league. And now, they could actually be good with the development of Isaiah Hodgins. Darius Slayton, I think, is solid. I really like Jalen Hyatt's potential as a dynamic guy who maybe can unlock a bit more of that big play potential. And then, Darren Waller, if he can stay healthy, Darren Waller is a number one receiver. Now, he hasn't been quite as productive when healthy over the last two years, and he's only played 20 games in those last two years, but... A truly rare combination of speed and technical route running while being 6'6", 250, man. So, I don't think it's great weapons, but I think it's gone from being really bad to okay. And now he's got a better offensive mind. So, things are definitely working in his favor more than they have previously. Overall, this still was not a good pass attack last year, though. They were... 26 in terms of total yards, 27 in terms of yards per attempt. I do think there will be some improvement. I still think it's a slightly below average passing attack. And I think that Danny Dimes is a below average pure thrower of the football when we're talking about starting quarterbacks. But I do think the run game is going to be really good. It was top five across the board last year. So I think we're looking at a mediocre offense overall. I don't think they're going to be dynamic there, but I think they'll be within the range that they were last year. And then defensively, Lawrence and Williams is a great duo. I think they've improved their depth up front this offseason. This was already a good pass rush. Sixth in pressure rate last year. You mentioned with a Thibodeau leap, with a full season of Aziz Ajulari, could be a really good pass rush. They add Deontay Banks to help with the cornerback situation, which has not been good. They add a starting linebacker in Bobby Okereke. So... I think this defense is going to be improved as well. They were still very bad against the run last year. I don't love this defense outside of the front four, which is definitely far and away their strength, but I think they've taken strides. So I'm higher on the Giants than you are. I think they are definitely a better team on paper than last year. I think their weapons are better. I think they have a couple good additions on that defense. But they also to me overachieved last season and weren't quite as good as their win total would suggest and they cooled down as the year went along they got that playoff win over the vikings but the vikings sucked as we've talked about before so inferior to their record the giants finished last year three six and one down the stretch obviously they got just dominated by the eagles after that vikings game they were two and seven versus teams who were 500 or better And they have a pretty tough schedule with one of the best divisions in football and the NFC West and the AFC East, which is also one of the best divisions in football. So I'm pretty split between eight and nine and nine and eight for them. I'm going to give them nine and eight because I think they've, to me, in terms of talent, come a pretty far away from last year. And I think they're really well coached. So that'll give them a little bit of maybe an extra win. In my eyes, I do not think they compete with Dallas or Philly in terms of the top end talent here, but I think that you're underselling them a little bit. Well, here's my thing. Like I said,
5: it hinges on, on Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones has a repeat of last year or improves on last year, I think this could be a nine win or eight or 10 win team. Excuse me. Uh, Like I said, I have them at seven and 10 right now, but I even think you're underselling the defense a little bit. Now I agree with you on one point. I don't like the linebacking court. And that scares that scares me a lot because again, if you're getting run on, there's just certain teams with great units that are gonna trounce you there. Mm-hmm. But everywhere else, I love the Giants. I love the front four. Uh, As you mentioned, Ojalari, Thibodeau, the two men in the middle. Oh my gosh, dude. Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. I mean, it doesn't get a lot better than that. And then when you look at the secondary, look, I know they weren't great for the entirety of the year. The secondary, uh, excuse me, second Adori. The secondary and Adori Jackson, uh, he looked a lot better down the stretch. And I think with the reinforcements that they got, especially, or Xavier McKinney was great down the stretch too, but especially Deontay Banks, man. I think Deontay Banks is going to step in day one and be a, uh, be a game changer for the secondary. So with improvement or stagnation from Jones, uh, I think that this team could win nine or ten games. But tough division, tough schedule. And again, I, I I want to see one more year of it from DJ before I'm like, okay, this is the guy he is. I just need to see mm-hmm. one more year of it before I'm going to fully buy into this
4: is who Daniel Jones can be moving forward. I get it, but I think that you're a bit too harsh on him overall. We'll see, though. This is always the trouble with these great divisions. Somebody's got to suck. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's the Giants, though. I think they're a good enough football team that they're going to hold up. We both have Washington, the Commanders, last in the division. Why is it that you have them here? Well, uh, we can start
5: organizationally how poor washington's been i hope this is the turning of a new leaf with the selling of the team uh with dan snyder finally at a time i hope this is uh you know you take that uh you take that a thousand pound uh, ball that's been strapped to your ankle and you finally get it removed like i hope this is the start of a new era for the washington commanders that being said a part of that new era is sam howell taking over and i like sam howell i like sam howell quite a bit like to me <laughs> And this is a funny comp. Carson, I think he's Mitch Trubisky with a brain. Um, And what I mean by that Mm. is, I just think Howell reads the field. I think he processes the game at a higher level. Watching Trubisky... Trubisky's like moving in slow-mo out there, man. He reads half the field, and then it's over. Somehow four seconds have passed, and he still has the ball in his hands. Howell reads the field really well. He scans really well. He just processes the game at a high level. I really like his awareness. I like his pocket presence. That being said, I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot in preseason. Uh, Handful of drives, 265 yards, three TDs, no picks. Um, It it seems like the enemy has made up some really – really easy quick reads for him where he's not having to make a lot of tough decisions it's boom there's my guy let's hit him for five yards so i think that the enemy is going to simplify things he's going to make it a little easier on Howell. and again i think howell's dynamic enough to uh, to make plays you know to extend plays out of the pocket to move to run to scramble when he needs to i think he can be a decent game manager and so I, i'm i'm excited at the prospect Uh, Of Sam Howell and then we get to the weapons though. I like the weapons that are around him, man Curtis Samuel Jahan Dotson Terry McLaurin Logan Thomas I think it's a solid unit. I worry about the O-line. I don't know how great they're gonna be I think they're gonna be okay there and then defensively you got playmakers This is a really underwhelming defense last season Carson specifically because of Jonathan Allen and chase young and I know that chase young struggled with injuries last season I think this defense could be great if if Chase Young can stay healthy and they can get consistent pressure on the quarterback. Because you look at Washington's defense and you look at the name value, man. Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young. And you think, man, this should be like the best pass rush in all of football. And they were okay. Uh, if Washington can reach those heights, I mean, I think they could again. I love all the defenses in this division. I think they are all above average and I think they are all fighting for fringe top 10 that is what i see with washington i think they could be that great this was the best third down defense in football last season again you've got a lot of talent in the middle uh they lose cole holcomb uh to the steelers but they replace him with cody barton who i really like he sung the praises of this defense he says uh this defense is going to be great this is the best unit that i've ever been a part of and then they add emmanuel forbes in the draft to uh, add on to the secondary so Yeah, I mean, I I think at their best, I think this defense could be top 10 level if this pass rush is one of the best in the league. But, again, considering that they weren't that great last year, uh, they lose some pieces, I think they'll be about slightly above average defensively, and I think you're looking at a below-average offense that is a little bit limited by Howell, because I don't think he's a great downfield threat. I don't think the offensive talent is crazy. I think it's good where they can be an average passing attack. I think the offensive line is subpar. And again, this division in this schedule is just kind of tough. So it's tough for me to see a big drop-off from Washington when I do actually think that they improve talent-wise. I have them winning six games, just because, like you said, Carson, somebody in the division's got to suck. They can't all win ten games. Mm -hmm. I love the Commanders. I think they're talented. I hope this is the step in the right direction post-Dan Snyder. But I got them winning six games. I I think they're more talented than six wins. But again, somebody's got to lose football games.
4: I have them winning six games as well, and I think I'm a little bit higher on this defense than you are because I was pretty impressed with how they performed last year, basically not having Chase Young. I mean, the guy played three games, and still, this defense was actually number one in yards allowed per drive, and they were the number one third down unit. I think it is going to be one of the most dominant pass rushes in football they were above average last year without the guy who should be their most dominant force there but Payne and Allen and Sweat and Chase Young that is a scary combination now I don't think the defense is great outside of that but I think that that front is going to carry them to be I would say pretty solidly above average on that side of the football but I am worried about the offense. I don't think that going to Sam Howell from Taylor Heineke is a real upgrade to me. There are traits that I like with Howell. I like his pocket presence. He can move, but he's not a guy who is going to resort to that too often in situations where he should be hanging in the pocket. I do think he's composed. I don't think he's a guy who's too mistake prone. He did have a really horrible interception in his lone regular season start last year. But overall, I think he makes pretty good decisions with the football. I just see no upside, man. Like <laughs> to me, the mobility isn't a difference maker. I don't think he's super accurate actually. And luckily he has good receivers here. Cause I think the guys have to adjust on balls that are pretty routine from him too often. And I think his arm talent is totally underwhelming. So I think he is a guy who's going to be one of the bottom five starters this year. And the receivers are good, but we'll see how much they can elevate him. Like Terry is great. Dotson and Samuel are very solid. I still think it's going to be a pretty bad passing attack though. And I like Brian Robinson a lot, but this rushing attack, he missed some time last year, but still was 28th in yards per attempt because the line sucks. And there's really no threat of the pass that has to be feared at any high level. And there's a lot of turnover with this line too. So bringing in Biennium, you get a little bit more creativity, a good offensive mind. But I think there is very, very little offensive upside here. If this wasn't one of the bottom eight offenses in football, I would be pretty surprised. And that's what they were last year. They, to me, were lucky to be a 500 team. They're too limited offensively. And I think that their defense will make up for some of that, but it is not, to me, the sort of elite all-around defense that could carry them. And I don't think they have the sort of elite skill position talent to make up for a bad line and, in my opinion, a bad starting quarterback. So six wins feels right to me.
5: Yeah, and I don't think... I think when you look at below-average starting quarterbacks or guys who are really going to be maximized by their talent, right... Uh, for example, like we have the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, how many games did you have them winning, Carson? Exactly, I believe I had them at nine. I had them at eight. You had them at eight. For example, right, Desmond Ritter uh, is in just a much better situation where I can see that offense being great with London, with Pitts, uh, with Robinson, with all those guys there. So that's really the big distinction to me. Like I, I don't love Tua, right? But Tua has Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. To really elevate a guy like Sam Howell, I think you need top-end, elite uh, receiving cores, elite skill talent. And again, I love Terry McLaurin. <laughs> Terry has been successful with whatever quarterback that you give him, and I think he's going to be great again. But it's not like Terry is a... Well, Terry's great, but it's not like there's a ton of depth here that can really, really elevate uh, in offense with such a limited quarterbacks. So I think you're right. Uh, but... I don't know. I hope I hope Howell performs well this year. I hope he can be the franchise guy. I don't really see it right now, but again, uh, that's why they play the games, man. So, I'm hopeful for Washington,
4: but I don't really see it either. I also think with the Ritter comparison, which to me is more appropriate because Tua, of Definitely. course, is in a great situation, but he's in a different tier than those guys as a pure talent. To me, Ritter and Howell are both like, going to be bottom five starters this year. I actually like Howell a little bit more than Ritter. The difference to me isn't as much receiving weapons as it is line play and as it is the ability to rely heavily on the run game because Atlanta is going to run the football more than anybody else in the league and they're going to be damn good at it. I just don't think Howell is going to have that sort of weapon to lean on and that makes his job a whole lot harder. All right, let's talk about the NFC West Logan, who do you have atop this division? At number one, I have the San Francisco
5: 49ers. Uh, I have them finishing up at 10-7, and seven, which I think is the low end. I may bump them up to 11-6. and six, Wow. Uh, something like that. Uh, again, I'll have full record predictions. We'll run down our standings for the AFC and the NFC officially uh, on Monday. The big question uh, surrounding the San Francisco 49ers, what does Brock Purdy look like this season? Uh, Carson, it's a really rare injury. Uh, for quarterbacks we traditionally don't see this as a torn ucl traditionally you see that with starting pitchers in baseball so it's a very strange injury to come back from with purdy that being said i mean damn carson have we ever seen a team or a coach succeed with <laughs> quarterbacks in and out like a revolving door i mean No one has ever been as successful with so many different QBs than Kyle Shanahan, man. He made Nick Mullins. uh, Like, wow, man, is Nick Mullins a great quarterback? No, not really. He just plays for Kyle Shanahan. He made C.J. Beathard look good. And by golly, Carson, he made Jimmy Garoppolo's handsome ass look good. So, you know what, man? (laughs) I don't really care who is behind the line for San Francisco, I think he's going to make them look good. If it's Brock Purdy, if it's Sam Darnold stepping into this situation, Darnold looked good in preseason. Like, if Purdy's not ready to go, I fully, I don't know if I fully trust Sam Darnold, but I trust Sam Darnold in an extent to make this team uh, at least win some games for this team and manage them to victories because this team is still loaded, man. On the offensive end, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. It's unfair, man. It's the best Skill position unit, uh, I think, in all of football. Uh, you can talk about depth all you want. I mean, screw depth when you've got the top-end talent that these guys have. I'll take that all day. So we do have a little bit of turnover similar to Philadelphia. They lose to Mikko Ryans. They lose Mike McGlinchey, which I don't think is just a, uh, a regular loss. McGlinchey, uh, McGlinchey wasn't great in the pass-blocking game, but he's a great run-blocking uh, run tackle. Uh, They lose Samson Ebukam, too. They lose Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley. I don't think any of those losses are super major to me. Now, uh, as long as they have Bosa up front on the defensive line, uh, they get him paid and he's playing. Uh, They add in Javon Hargrave, who uh, Hargrave played with the Steelers a couple years back. Hargrave is one of the best pass-rushing defensive tackles Uh, I think maybe I've ever seen, man. Uh, I put him in that tier. He's not a great run-stuffing guy, but he's a great pass rusher. You have... uh, javon kinlaw still on the inside too like i think this niners front four is going to be great i love their linebackers Dre greenlaw fred warner some of the best coverage guys in the league it's a to me carson betting on the niners is a culture thing i trust this culture i trust the loaded talent that they have accumulated and i trust kyle shanahan and their track record right why am i not going to pick the dallas cowboys to go far in the playoffs well there's a track record. There's a pattern there. They lose in the divisional round. They lose in the wild card round. What do the Niners do? They overachieve past their talent level. They have a great roster with great depth with a great head coach. So why would I why wouldn't I pick the Niners to be great again this year? Again, with a with a revolving door of quarterbacks. So I think 10 wins is low for San Francisco again that is only because Of Again, I don't know what Purdy's going to look like. I don't know what Darnold's going to look like. At the end of the day, quarterback play is the biggest determinant in wins and losses, so that is why I have slight regression from this season, but I still think this is a great defense. I still think they have loaded talent, and I think they have one of the best cultures in football, so I'm banking on that. 10 wins is low for me. I may bump them up to 11, but right now, uh, I've got the Niners atop of the NFC West with 10 wins.
4: To me... This is low just because I think this team is so unbelievably talented that they're going to win a lot of games regardless of the quarterback situation. If Darnold started for the entire season, I would probably take them to win 10 or 11 games. But I do think Purdy is better. And I do think based on what we've seen in preseason, his arm looks fine to me. And it's not that his arm really ever had to be dynamic i mean as productive as he was last season once he took over as a starter how many like oh my god look at the velocity on that tight window throw kind of moments did you get from brock purdy very few it's mostly hey brock you're smart you make good decisions you're capable of putting the ball where it needs to be you have a good pocket presence and then our elite weapons can go to work and our elite offensive mind can scheme those guys open so Those are my expectations for him. I don't think that Brock Purdy is anything special. I understand that there was a whole lot of hype. It's super cool that he did this as Mr. Irrelevant, but I think that people will overstate how impressive his mind is when really he is executing an offensive system that Jimmy Garoppolo took to the Super Bowl. And Jimmy Garoppolo is actually a rather mistake-prone quarterback. I don't think he's smart. I think that Purdy's a little bit better, but... It's just so much about being in an incredible football situation. But regardless, that is the situation. He can lean on a really good run game, which can empower the play action. He can get the underneath stuff to the Debo's and the McCaffrey's of the world, and those guys can dominate. It's just one of the best cast of weapons to throw to in football. So I think the McGlinchey loss does matter. But I still think this is going to be a really good rushing attack. It was the number six scoring offense last year. I think they are a very safe bet to be a top 10 offense again. And then defensively, they were historically great last year 16.3 points per game allowed. They were the number two run defense, they were number two in turnovers forced. They had a good pass rush that is only going to be better now that they add Hargrave. And it's just very rare to see a defense loaded with this kind of star all-pro talents. Bosa, Hufanga, Warner, now Hargrave. I mean, it is just all around a stacked unit. And I'm not too concerned about the loss of D'Amico Ryans. I think that the talent here is able to largely speak for itself. Although I do think he was a, a very good coordinator. The only concerns for me with this defense are corner. I don't think they're great. Emmanuel Mosley does leave, but he was hurt for most of last year anyways. I just don't think that's a strength on this team. I think it's really sort of a weakness. And the overall depth here, I don't love. They had to let some guys go this offseason. So it's tough to replicate truly dominant defenses year after year. But I think they're going to be really, really good. There are very few teams that have this sort of talent on that side of the ball. So it's like we're talking about with the Eagles, man. The difference to me... The Eagles are a bit more talented, and they also have a significant edge in terms of quarterback play, but this team is so damn good all around that I have them winning 12 games, and I would be really surprised if they meaningfully regressed for any reason other than injury, which obviously we saw take them down after the first Super Bowl run, but that was an insane slew of injuries, like one of the unluckiest seasons ever. They to me are a very very safe bet to be an elite football team again this year,
5: especially in a division like this where I think they're gonna dunk on the Rams and the Cardinals uh-huh. twice. Um, yeah, I, I do like I do like Seattle though, Carson. I, I I like Seattle a fair bit, and I like what they did in this off season. They went nine and eight last year. I think that's about right again this season. I have them at 9 and 8. I may drop them to 8 and 9. I think they're about a 500 unit this year. I really like what they did in this offseason, though, man. I think Seattle has the potential to maybe have the best secondary in football. Like, I don't know if people understand, like, how loaded of a group this is. Now, you can have your reservations about Jamal Adams. Think of what you think about him. Blitz boy. You know, he lines up in the (laughs) box. He's an extra linebacker. You know, whatever. You can think what you want of Jamal Adams. I still like him. But the guys around him, man, Tariq Woolen, one of the best corners in football last year. You had Devin Witherspoon, Witherspoon excuse me, who I believe, man, had like a completion percentage of sub-40 uh, sub last year in college. Was one of the best corners in the draft. That is a huge get for Seattle. And you have Quandre Diggs. Like, uh, Seattle definitely could have one of the best secondaries in football. The rest of the defense, eh. I like that they re-signed Draymond Jones. He's got 18 sacks over the last three seasons. He's been a great interior presence. They bring back Bobby Wagner. Wagner was okay last year in Los Angeles. I hope that now that he's back mm. in Seattle, he can I thought he was maybe come back damn to where good. he was. He was good. He was good. He wasn't. I don't think he was like peak Bobby Wagner. He was pretty good. But that's still a massive get and a massive upgrade over who they had last year. Plus, if Jordan Brooks can stay healthy, I mean, I think this is a really good... Uh, middle unit with Wagner and with Jordan Brooks so they were 25th scoring defense last season I think with the improvements in the secondary and over the middle I think they could be average the big question mark is can Geno Smith stay at a Pro Bowl level right he's aging he gets his bag what Geno did last year is remarkable I mean Carson I really can't think of there are very few quarterbacks who had NFL history that I can think that have had a revitalization like Geno did Over 4,000 yards, 32 touchdowns, 11 picks. Let's point to a few guys. The first guy that I think of when you think of a career revitalization is probably Michael Vick. And especially stylistically how Vick changed his game after returning to the NFL, right? When he was in Atlanta, he was a dynamic ground threat. When he goes to Philly, it's all through the arm, and he is making huge plays passing. Randall Cunningham uh, was always really dependent on his legs. Uh gets injured, isn't as effective on the ground anymore, but when he goes to Minnesota, has the best passing career, uh, passing year of his career, uh, you know, with Carter, with Moss, with those guys. Gino's really unique in the fact that he wasn't a, you know, a dominant ground threat like those guys. Gino just showed up here and dominated. He didn't write back. And now they add Jackson Smith and Jigma uh, with DK Metcalf, with Tyler Lockett. Like, I, I don't really love the line... That's something that I'm not in love with, but, I mean, the receiving talent is there, and I don't really see a reason to expect Gino to, you know, I, I think 32 TDs, 11 picks, 4,000 is, like, the peak. But why can't Gino throw for 28 TDs? Why can't he throw for, uh, you know, 3,800 yards next season? I, I think he can lead this offense to being above average next year. Uh, I, I do think it's important to note Gino struggled down the stretch. He was not nearly as dominant as he was in the first half of the season. But if Gino can reach that peak... I mean, I think this could be a 9- or 10-win team. So I'm expecting Geno to have slight regression next season, but I'm also expecting the Seahawks' defense to be uh, tangibly better, at least average to above average, depending on how much Bobby Wagner in this secondary can transform this team. And again, in a shitty division, I think Seattle uh, will will fare pretty well for themselves. So I think Seattle is probably going to be maybe like my last wild card team in. I'm debating between them or, or maybe New York. But I think Seattle is one of those fringe playoff teams that could
4: sneak in again this year. I like Seattle a lot, man. Like you, I think they crushed the off season, and I am really high on Gino. And he did cool down as last year went along, and he did start making more mistakes. But I think he's a top 10 quarterback, and I do expect him to replicate the vast majority of his success from last year. I think he is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. He was number three in on-target throw percentage and had the lowest bad throw percentage in the NFL. To me, he is a good, quick decision maker who can take the underneath stuff, and I think he's maybe the most effective deep ball thrower in football. Great touch, maintained accuracy downfield. And then he is a legitimately good runner, 366 yards on the ground on over five yards per carry last year. So he does have that ability to extend plays, to scramble that little bit of dual threat edge. And overall, I just think eighth in passing yards last year, fourth in touchdowns with low turnovers, even if it did pick up, I think he's very legit. And his situation just got even better with the addition of JSN alongside two really good receivers already. I think JSN has been super impressive. I think he's going to have an immediate big impact in a really strong rookie season. And then I think this run game is also quite good. They were 7th in yards per attempt last year. Kenneth Walker, a full season of him, I think will be scary. And they add Jack Charbonnet in the second round who I expect to be another strong immediate impact guy to add to that backfield. So I think it's going to be a really good offense. To me, the questions are about the defense, which I expect to improve a lot, but it was bad last year. So you're coming from a pretty low point. I really like the addition of Wagner. I love the Witherspoon pickup. I think that it's going to be a loaded secondary, as you said, but... Outside of that, I think this is a poor pass rush that is really lacking in dynamic impact guys there, and they got ran all over last year. They were 30th in rushing yards allowed, they were 26th in yards per attempt, they were not very good situationally, the 27th third down defense, so when you're climbing from the number 25 scoring defense, even with all these improvements, I think their goal should be to push into like the average range defensively, and... I think that they weren't quite as good overall last year as a 9-8 and record might suggest because the defense was bad, they did cool down 3-5 and down the stretch of the regular season, and then they kind of got rocked in the playoffs, but because I think they have added so much talent, I do see improvement from them this year, and because I do believe in Geno sustaining his level mostly, so I have them going 10-7, and I do think they are a playoff caliber team, and certainly head and shoulders above the rest of this division so who you got in the three spot logan because it's gonna get ugly from here the rams following a
5: super bowl title uh the most losses by defending super bowl champions since 1999 man they went five and twelve uh the only team to come close to that is the 1999 denver broncos going six and ten after replacing john elway and they claim Carson, this is a remodel, not a rebuild. Nah, I know when you guys are lying to me. Come on, man. I, I think the writing's on the wall for Los Angeles Carson, considering the turnover that we've seen over the past couple of years. Sean McVay, uh, you know, playing, uh, playing one hand in, one hand out. With oh, am I going to retire? Oh, am I not going to retire? I just don't think this team is good enough. And for a guy that is experienced. It's hard winning a Super Bowl title, man. It is tire, It's hard gearing up year after year, getting a team ready to go to the Super Bowl. And considering that McVay has already climbed that mountain and he's teased it maybe retiring, I think another down year and we could see Stafford retire, we could see Cup leave town, we could see Donald retire, and we could see McVay leave for the booth. Uh, again, bullshit. This is not a remodel. This is a rebuild. They traded Jalen Ramsey. They lost a lot of big talent leonard floyd Allen robinson taylor rapp this offseason they bring in 38 f- rookies essentially 14 draft picks 24 undrafted free agents I, like i don't care what you say i mean like the numbers and what has happened just kind of prove the point that this is a full overhaul when you give up all those draft picks to go get that ring this was kind of the inevitability of what was going to go happen when they traded for bwags when they traded for ramsey when they traded for stafford this is what was going to happen. So, yeah, man, I, I think the Rams are kind of going to stink. I <laughs> I th- I have them going 5-12, and 12, and it's hard because I like Stafford still, even though he struggled last season. Uh, he was not healthy. He missed eight games. He was sacked 29 times in nine games. I think this is a really bad offensive line. I think Cooper Cup is the only relevant offensive weapon that they have. Yeah, man, I I just think it's going to be kind of a disaster for, for the Rams. So, Donald, is your only building block on the defense? Like, if they still had Bobby Wagner, maybe i go, yeah, man, the Rams could maybe creep up to six or seven wins. So they have their centerpieces. I just don't think the centerpieces and the bases are strong enough to hold up really flimsy depth mm-hmm. and really flimsy players around the team so I, I do think at the end of this season we could see Stafford McVay and Donald all depart and we could see Cooper Cup get traded and we see this team launch into a full rebuild that's honestly where I'm leaning with how many young players are here so I have them going five and twelve I, there's just not a whole lot that I like to buy in here man a poor O line and aging Stafford and aging Donald not a lot of talent on the defense Unless Cooper Cup catches like 3,000 yards, man, and shatters every receiving record and is the greatest receiver we've ever seen, I'm not buying into it. So yeah, I don't
4: think the Rams are going to be that good. No, they're definitely not. I really don't see the path to them being good because I'm counting on something of a Stafford bounce back and I still have them winning five games. The Stafford thing is complicated because obviously he looked like a borderline top five quarterback in 2021 and then plays through the elbow injury last year, looks bad. I think that his level is going to be somewhere in the middle. I don't think that we're getting back to 2021 levels. I also think that the overall offensive talent isn't as good, which was definitely bolstering him. I mean, that receiving core to me was significantly better with Bobby Trees, with OBJ. The weapons are not what they were. And I mean, now Cup has this setback with the hamstring, which is apparently just a day-to-day thing, but it's really scary when you consider how badly the injury bug has bit this team. Cup missing almost half of last season. You don't want to go into a situation where it's like, all right, Tyler Higby and Van Jefferson and Demarcus Robinson, let's go out there and let's have fun, boys, and let's really, <laughs> let's give it our best. So, I just don't think there's a lot going in their favor. This was one of the least effective rushing attacks in football last year, 27th in yards and yards per attempt. I think the O-line is atrocious. So, I mean, even if Stafford is good and Cup is healthy, it is so one-dimensional, this offense. So reliant on even one weapon. As you say, the other guys to me are very mediocre. And then defensively, man, losing almost all of their best players, ramsey wagner leonard floyd this defense wasn't even good last year when all of those guys and aaron donald <laughs> were healthy in those 11 weeks when donald was healthy they still let up 22.9 points per game which is actually even worse than when he got hurt it was just a below average defense they have been very reliant on the star talent there now they have shedded a lot of the star talent and i don't think that they have replenished it They have no other dynamic pass rushers outside of Donald. I think the linebackers and the secondary are both below average units. I think the defense is going to be bad. And there is no way to me this offense is going to be good enough, dynamic enough, with the line and run game limitations, being so reliant on Cup as that weapon, being so reliant on a major Stafford bounce back, and with the potential for injury at any moment to just decimate them because their depth is so bad so shoddy, yeah, I don't see a lot of upside, it's incredible how precipitous a fall we saw, but the reality is, people can point at injuries for last year, first of all, the depth was always a big problem with the construction of this roster, and they were able to survive it in the Super Bowl run, which is the most important thing, but yeah, it came back to bite them, but they weren't good when their guys were healthy, Stafford wasn't good, not that he was fully healthy, but they just weren't a good football team, and now I think they're a worse football team, so I have the winning five games. Yeah, dude, for me, the biggest distinction,
5: too, is if this team is going to be great, it would be on the shoulders of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup dominating. Well, what else needs to go right for Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup to dominate? It's the offensive line dominating. This is not a good offensive line. I mean, I think this is one of the worst O-lines in football. Again, I'll repeat it. Stafford got sacked 29 times in nine games last year. If they can't buy Stafford time, I just really see no upside with this offense. And yeah, man, if Cup goes down, what is... Look, man, I like Tutu Atwell as, as much as the next guy, man. What is he going to step up and, and give me in a 1,000-yard season? Maybe. <laughs> Probably not. So, yeah, dude, it really is a precipitous falloff. I mean, take notes, dude. Like, you can get that championship. Is it worth it? Look at what the Seahawks did. By trading away Russell Wilson. Like, I don't know, man. I think that's something other teams need to maybe look into. Like, if a team is willing to buy in on a superstar that high, it may be worth it to go out and get those future assets. Like, like, like Carson, hear me out, man. If you're the Rams, if you're sitting at the trade deadline, you have a losing record, you've won one or two games, like, are you thinking about maybe dealing Donald, about maybe dealing Cup? Sure. Like, now as a
4: franchise i i certainly would yeah i would now because they're so far away but to me that's an entirely separate point then was it worth it to go all in for the super Bowl run because i absolutely think that that was always in my it's i think
5: i think it's always worth it if you get that chip you do it i'm just saying it's always worth it i don't know how long they're going to be down here and i don't know how long they're going to be down here in the dregs for but they did it to themselves like this is you got your ring i (laughs) appreciate it man hang up Uh, really appreciate that banner
4: i mean it, it has been the epitome of what people were predicting which is basically all right you're gonna go all in you're gonna acquire as much superstar talent as we've seen put together through trades on one team they successfully did that and you're gonna have your super bowl window but your depth is going to be seriously compromised and then you are going to have incredibly limited opportunities to rebuild after that they traded every first round pick that they possibly could and that's exactly Mm -hmm. what has happened the rams may be in the midst of one of the most precipitous super bowl fall-offs ever but logan the arizona cardinals might just be one of the worst football teams ever do they win a game this year
2: Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000.
1: Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one
2: all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Dude, somebody told me I was crazy for saying that. Uh, My roommate told me I was crazy for saying that last night. I don't know. I can't point to one group on this team where I'm like, "Yeah, this team's good."
4: Oh, not, not even great. close.
5: Good. Uh, Carson, let me ask you something. Do you have that fire in your gut? Um. How'd you? How'd you drive here today? Uh, how'd you get here today? Did you ride the
4: bus? I work from home.
5: A big part of this turnover is Jonathan Gannon, former defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, stepping in. Maybe he's a defensive savant. Maybe he's a new Nathaniel Hackett. What I do know is, I don't know if Jonathan Gannon could, like, motivate me to stand up, dude. I don't know if he could, like, get me fired up to, like... I don't know if Jonathan Gannon could get me out of bed, man. It's already a challenge. Like, Gannon would just be like, (laughs) Hey, man, what's up? He's just dry. He's just dry, dude. So I, I dude, I really like that's what I really wonder, man. Like, is is Jonathan Gannon a defensive savant, or is he like a lackey that the Arizona Cardinals found to run this season into the ground? Like, is this a Hugh Jackson kind of situation? This is separate from everything else. I just wonder if the Cardinals are finally the first or the second team to deliberately tank <laughs> because they know what's going to happen at the end of this season, and they get Caleb Williams. Some people have been talking about Kyler Murray returning this year, I don't really see the point. I honestly think that if the Cardinals are going to be this bad, we're going to get another Josh Rosen situation where Murray is dealt to the highest bidder at the end of the year. Caleb Williams steps in and is the new franchise guy for Arizona. Uh, If that happens, God bless your soul, Caleb Williams, this is going to be a horrible situation to buy into. So, in my humble opinion, I think that the Arizona Cardinals are tanking without deliberately tanking. They cut Colt McCoy, they bring in Josh Dobbs, wow you are locking yourselves not that there were a ton of other options here you are handcuffing yourselves to utter mediocrity again i point to mediocrity prominent play in jo-
4: my friend josh dobbs has I mean, dreams in which he's mediocre that's his super bowl is a mediocre <sighs> very <game>.
5: fair very <laughs> very fair again i was going to point to the one play of josh dobbs's career that everybody remembers it's fourth down and like 20 And he checks it down to Derrick Henry in the backfield. (laughs) Booyah. That's how you win football games. So, yeah, dude. The Cardinals, I have winning three games. That's the high end. That is the high end for the Arizona Cardinals. I, I think, dude, I seriously think a two or one win season is on the ropes. I don't like any of the talent here. I don't like the guy they brought in for the coaching staff. And I think Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon, whoever they put at the helm, is going to be the worst quarterback in football.
4: Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a rough season for Arizona, man. Oh my God, rough is an understatement. And I reacted like that when you said three, because I thought that that was pretty generous. Let me ask you this. I think that this feels like the worst football team going into a season since like the 2017 Browns. Yeah. Since Cleveland. Yeah. Do you think Josh Dobbs is the worst day one starting quarterback since Kaiser? Is he worse than that? Because this to me is a historically rarely bad situation.
5: The one distinction I would make with Kaiser is I wouldn't say that... I don't think Kaiser was ready. Like, it, it, you, they interviewed his college coach, uh, you know, in the, in the pre-draft process, and he said... Kaiser's a developmental guy. He needs time to get ready. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser was never ready to be a day one starter. Josh Dobbs at least has experience, but again, this is a guy who has been cut from, you know, the Steelers have cut him. The Steelers have traded him away. The Steelers are one of the most backup QB needy teams in football. We've had Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges the past couple years. Josh Dobbs couldn't make a roster with those guys, so I don't think he's worth it. Kaiser. God, Lee, man, yes, I do think he is the worst starter since Kaiser.
4: I think he really might be worse, man. I am very, very (laughs) deeply concerned about their situation. I think he's going to make a lot of mistakes. I think his mechanics aren't good. I think he's going to really struggle to consistently throw the football, and he's not nearly a dynamic enough rushing threat to offset that. It's going to be terrible, man, and he certainly doesn't have any talent around him that is going to make up for his own plethora of issues. It was already a brutal situation without Kyler last year. They went 1-6 and after he got hurt and averaged 16.7 points per game. And by the way, they were bad with Kyler. And I think that Kyler is actually still a good starting quarterback. I think he's probably the most overhated player in football right now. Like, the rare combination of historically great rushing threat with dynamic arm talent not making too many mistakes i think that people have gotten too low on him because of his personality and because of arizona's situation and i think that is going to show this year the weapons losing D Hop, it's going to be brutal respect to hollywood brown and rondale moore but it's certainly a below average receiving core the run game is not going to be good I think Kyler has helped carry them there in the past, but they're not going to have that sort of dual threat. And James Conner, incredible story, not an efficient, complete, high-level runner of the football. I think the line is totally mediocre. They had Paris Johnson in the first round, which is a good foundational piece. But there's just nothing that approaches to me a plus unit here offensively. And the quarterback situation is so bad i don't have faith in josh dobbs to manage games he doesn't have the sort of skill position talent that can make up for his limitations it's just going to be really ugly and then defensively they were horrible last year they were the number 31 scoring defense their line and their pass rush are awful they were bad against the run last year and they're going to have an offense that is going to be turning out three and out into turnover into three and out. Like they're just going to have short field after short field. They're going to be on the field for 38 minutes a game. So that's just going to compound all of their existing and very obvious personnel issues. I think this is going to be a historically awful team. I do have them winning one game, and I don't know where that one win comes. <laughs> but I just can't pick a team to go 0 17. Too much weird stuff happens. The Browns did it, but they also won one game in another season when it certainly didn't seem like they were gonna. But yeah, man, they are next-level awful. 100%.
5: I do think I'd I chase the over here. I just can't. I don't know if I'd ever pick a team to win less than two games. For me, that's just too insane, but I see it, man. I, yeah. Oh. I wonder what the odds are on that to pick the Cardinals to go winless. I might sprinkle a little bit down. Probably on that, pretty man. good. It seems a, a, a little reasonable. Yeah. Probably pretty good. Yeah, man. I mean, this is the begin. This is the beginning of a rebuild, and I don't see the Cardinals. I don't know, man. This is going to be a long turnover process. Like they need a lot, and I really worry about them too, Carson. Because there's not like there's good players here. Like Buda Baker's on the back end. I still love Buda like I, I feel like you also just run the risk of losing those guys too like actual decent players if you have a season this bad so yeah do, i'm i'm
4: baffled i'm baffled one win is crazy two questions do you think that kyler plays at all this year and do you think that he ever plays for the cardinals again I,
5: the, the way they're making the injury sound is that Kyler is going to be healthy before the end of the year. That is what they make it sound like to me. I would say no. Like, what's the upside? What's the point? I, I would rehab. I would get healthy. I would maybe practice. I don't really see the point of Kyler coming back and playing other than to maybe get the fans some hope. Like, this is not going to be a playoff team I would say no on both counts. I'd say he doesn't play this year. I'd say he does not play for the Cardinals again. Where do you come down on that front?
4: I don't know how much hope it's going to give the fans when Kyler comes in for his first start in a year and immediately is sacked nine times. I don't think he plays this year because, like you, I just think with the way that we view these things today... I don't know why you would risk injury for an entirely meaningless football season. And in terms of playing with the Cardinals again, I think he will. I think we are working towards a breaking point. Well, I guess actually it depends on if they get the number one pick. If they get the number one pick, which I expect them to, then I think that they take Caleb Williams and I think that that's it. Otherwise, I would think that they probably trot him out again, have him improve his trade value. And either way, I think that they are looking long-term towards another option, which to me, it doesn't make the most sense unless you do get an elite talent like Caleb Williams. Because I think that Kyler is good and I think that he's had to overcome a bad situation. I understand the personality stuff, but I think somebody somewhere is going to buy in on that talent. I think so too. And... They have the Texans' first-round pick for this upcoming year,
5: so they can't afford to double-dip a little bit, uh, depending on what position group they want to attack next, if they get Caleb. But I think that's the point of this year, Carson. I think, not to compare this to like the Wemby sweepstakes or anything, but I think people know who's coming at the end of this year, and I think there is a legitimate incentive to not go out there and win football games. Although, again... To state the obvious, that is clearly against the NFL bylaws. Like you're not. Oh, thank you. Taking is illegal. Thank you, officer. If you didn't know, you're not allowed to to, uh, officially and intentionally lose football games. But I think that's what they're doing. And if they end up with Caleb Williams, not the worst strategy.
4: But if you're Uh, Steven Ross, you very surreptitiously bribe your coach to lose games. And then he mm. sues you and you get suspended and you lose first round pick that's a way to do it smart uh also
5: if you put down a hundred dollars on the cardinals to go winless dude you could only win 2500 bucks
4: i feel like that's insane i feel like those odds should be i like those odds no i like those odds dude are you kidding me i've got them at one win man i might have to consider that all (laughs) right sprinkle a little something i might have to sprinkle there There you have it, folks. All of our NFL divisions have now been broken down. Like Logan said, we are going to be getting into awards and playoff predictions early next week. And then the season kicks off on Thursday. Incredibly exciting. If you want more Nerd Sesh content, you can follow us across social channels, TikTok and Instagram at Nerd Sesh. TikTok is where we're most prolific with our trivia content. You can also follow us on Twitter at Nerd underscore Sesh. You can find the show across audio platforms and you can subscribe to the Volume YouTube page to get every show with video. You can also get some Nerd Sesh merch. We got the flags behind us. We've got hats. We've got shirts. We've got hoodies. You can sign up for our Discord. Join us there where you can talk football, basketball, any sports topics, really. Uh, That is at the link tree in our bios across our social channels. And with that, as always, appreciate you guys. I've been Carson Brabber. I have been Logan Camden. And this was Nerd Sesh.